B'Shem Hashem Na'asev Nasliach. We are picking up where we left off, Baruch Hashem, right before, right before the Yamim Tovim, Yamim Noraim, Baruch Hashem, and we are going to pick up now Parashat Noach. Unfortunately, we were not able to do Parashat Bereshit in the holidays and stuff, so we're going to pick up with Parashat Noach right now. And we're going to talk about something that the Chachamim, this is again in the Zerah Shimshon, and uh, may the Zechut of the Zerah Shimshon be a force of Zechut for all of Am Yisrael, and bring Yeshuot v'Nechamot for Kol Am Yisrael, and all the promises that he brings for all of us should come true. And um, may Hashem bring Yerufah Shalama for Kol Chole Am Yisrael. Especially for Revital Hayabat Gladi Simcha and Yonatan Rafael Ben Gladi Simcha. So, Parashat Noach, let me give an introduction. The first Pasuk of Parashat Noach has a lot of commentaries talking about it. The first Pasuk, the first passage of Parashat Noach, which is what? Ve'ele toledot Noach, Noach ish tzadik. These are the offsprings of Noach. Noach was a righteous man. Rashi right away, right away talks about it. Others talk about it. There's few different kinds of questions that come up just regarding the first pasuk. One major question is, is that when it says, Noach ish tzadik tamim hayabedorotav, Noach was a righteous person and he was tamim. Tamim means, uh, um, um, mm, just escaped me, um, pure. He was pure with God, so to speak. Right? In his generation. And the Chachamim asked, what does it mean in his generation? Just say he was a tzaddik, he was righteous. What does it mean in his generation? So you have two um, ways of thought. You have two schools of thought. One says that it means that he was a tzaddik only in his generation. If he lived in Abraham's generation, he would not have been a really a noticeable tzaddik. Right? Because his generation was so bad, he was considered a tzaddik in his generation. Rather, if he was compared to Avraham Avinu, ah, not so much. Others say, no, Adarab, the exact opposite, is true. That he was an Ish Tzaddik in his generation. If he was in Avraham's generation, how much more so would he have been a Tzaddik? Because the fact that he reached, let's say, here was because his generation was so bad. If he was in the generation of Avraham Avinu, wow, he would have been like right here. You know, he would have been even bigger. And there are those that say, no, these two schools of thought don't necessarily argue with each other. They're really saying the same thing. Everybody agrees, but Noah was actually a great tzaddik. That's one common question that everybody, a lot of Chachamim talk about. There's another question. And that's, that question is what mainly is going to be t- talked about by the Zerah Shimshon tonight. And it's incredible. Now, the question is going to be twofold, kind of but they're linked with each other. And it goes on the same patsuk. Now, many of us reading the Torah, reading last week's parasha, will notice something if we really look at it. If we really take note. Last week's parasha was what parasha? Bereshit. Hazaku baruch. Everyone's on it this week. Last week's parasha was Bereshit. Yes. Hazaku baruch. Right? Someone, when we were doing Hagba'ah, parashat Bereshit, someone was doing Hagba'ah with the Torah, Someone made a joke and she was like, Rabbi, where is it? You know, it's like, it was so obvious because it's like the first page. And it was, I thought it was funny. Anyway, so um, last week's parasha, towards the end of the parasha, we have the, all the names and the births of different people. 
after Adam and Chavan, after Cain and Hevel, and after all of them, we have different people that came into the world. And it all comes to lead up to whom? Noah. And then it says the name of Noah and his children, Shem, Ham, and Yafet, he had these three children. And then it says, and the last words of the parasha are those famous words used by almost all Sephardi Jews when Motsai Shabbat at Havdalah. What do we say? Some people even repeat it three times, some people repeat it seven times. That's the pasuk. Jews repeat it seven times because it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big segula for people to say those words. Right? And those words mean, and Noah found favor in God's eyes. That's how Bereshit finishes. Parashat Bereshit finishes by naming Noah, his offsprings, telling us who Noah is. And it says, and, you know, and the world had gone to, was not doing well. But Noah, Matzachen Men Adonai, Noah found favor in God's eyes. He was good. So that's where we come to our question for the week. I'm sure some of you are already thinking about it because this week's parasha starts with the words, Ele toledot Noah, Noah ish tzadik tamim haya bedorotav. And then it says, and these are the offsprings of Noah. Noah was a righteous person in his time. And then it goes off to naming the children of Noah. Obvious question is, you already told us last week's parasha, parashat Bereshit, you told us who the children were. You told us all these things. We already know Noah. So why are we repeating this right now again? Right? And you told us that Noah, Matzachen ben Hashem. Noah found favor in God's eyes. We already know he's good. Like this pasuk is superfluous. It doesn't even belong. It shouldn't even be here. You're repeating something. Right? Now understand, it was... You know, the Torah is one long sefer. It was like through the Ezra Sofer and the Chachamim that gave chapters to the Torah. Where Bereshit ends, where Noah starts, all these things are done later. Right? So, technically speaking, we can't say like, okay, last Parsha you said that Noah, who Noah was, you introduced us to Noah and his family. In this week's Parsha, you're repeating it again. Really, in this long sefer called the Torah, it's repeated few pesukim right afterwards, again. So that's how you have to look at it. It's being repeated in the same line again. In the same column, so to speak. Do you understand where we're going with this? So let's read it inside in the Zer Shimshon now after this uh, wonderful introduction. Hot. Okay. The Pasuk says, Noach ish tzadik. Noach was a righteous person. Tamim haya bedorotav. He was a righteous, good person, wholehearted person with God. In his generation, Noah had three children, Shem, Ham, or Sem, and Ham, Ham, and Yafet. Japheth. Love saying that. I love being all like, you know, trying to be all Sephardi and at the same time be like very American, you know? Sem, Ham, and Japheth. Love that. Especially ham. Okay. Perish Rashi. <laughs> I don't love ham. Delete that. That's not what I meant. So I love saying that. Perish Rashi. Rashi says. Uh, Rashi says. The pasuk. Lekacha pasuk. This is why this pasuk lengthened itself. 
right? Instead of saying what? If you wanted to introduce me, forget the fact that we've already heard this, but let's say you wanted to introduce me to Noah's family. You're saying, These are the offsprings of Noah. What should come right afterwards? These are the offsprings of Noah. What should come now? Their names. The offsprings of Noah. But that's not what the Torah does. It says, These are the offsprings of Noah. Noach ish tzaddik, tamim hayav adorotav. Noach was a righteous, uh, what, what happened to the offsprings? And then it goes back and goes, and his offsprings were Shem, Cham, Vayafet. So Rashi catches that right away. Rashi says, you know why the pasuk goes on a tangent for a second and says, and Noach was an ish tzaddik? The pasuk wanted to remember Noach um, in a, in a good way, or like to mention Noah in a good way, and you'll see how. Siper beshivcho. So it, it, it started this parsha with a nice thing to say about Noah, as it says in Mishlei, Mishlei of Shlomo Hamelech, Zecher tzadik livracha. Now we know where this comes from. When someone passes away, we always say Zatal, Zecher tzadik livracha. The, the memory of a tzadik is with blessings, is a blessing. It comes from here. So Rashi is saying, you know why the Torah mentions it like this? Because when you mention a tzaddik, you have to mention his righteousness. So it says, Noach. These are the offsprings of Noach. Let's just say good things about Noach. Noach is tzaddik tamim Always mention him livracha. Rashi is saying that's what the Torah is doing. Perush acher, davar acher. Another explanation is, the fact that it says, The fact that it says that Noah was a righteous person, it is coming to teach us that a tzaddik, this ish tzaddik, this man, this righteous man was righteous with ma'asim tovim. He had really good deeds. Nechshavim gam hem ketolodotav. A person's good deeds, this is very important to remember for the next, the course of the shiur, that a person's um, Righteousness are his or her offsprings. What a person leaves behind as their good deeds are considered your offsprings. Those are Torah Dutah. So Rashi says, it's not a question that the Torah says, Noach ish tzaddik tamim As soon as it says, here are the offsprings of Noach, it all of a sudden says, and Noach was a great person. Rashi says, why? Because not a question of what, what happened to his offsprings. Those are his offsprings. A person's offsprings are his good deeds. Those are what will be remembered forever. Those are what people will remember forever, always. Zichrono livracha. They will always mention his name with bracha, with blessings. Why? Because of his good deeds. So his good deeds are truly his offsprings. And that's what Rashi says. And these are his words. She'ikar toledotehem shel tzadikim because the main offsprings of tzaddikim, of the righteous, ma'asim tovim, are their ma'asim tovim, are their good deeds. Not necessarily the children that they gave birth to. And this is the explanation of Basuk. So now, there are those that ask. How you doing, Yonatan? There are those that ask. On the first explanation that we gave, that we say, what was the first explanation Rashi gave? The first explanation was that Zecher Tzadik Livracha. We mention a Tzadik with Bracha. So the Torah is mentioning Noach with a blessing. 
you know, giving him props, so to speak. So they ask, Ma ya le pasuk laskiret Noach? This is the question we asked in the beginning. Why did the pasuk even need to mention Noach here? So why even mention him to even try to say something nice about him? There's no need to even mention Noach here. Why? It should have been even better. Don't mention him. And don't say anything nice about him either. He doesn't need to be mentioned. Why? This entire pasuk is extra. Doesn't need to be here. Why? Because as we said, in Parashat Bereshit, all the offsprings of Noah were already mentioned. And it was already mentioned what a person Noach was. Noach found favor in God's eyes. We know he's good. We know whose offsprings are. So don't mention anything here. Don't mention it. I don't, why is Rashi telling me, oh, we're here to mention Noach in a positive way, with a blessed way. So we're bringing his name and we're saying, again, that, we're saying that he's, he was righteous. Why? Don't bring his name. Don't say he was righteous. Just go straight into what was happening in the time of Noah and the fact that God appeared to Noah, told Noah to build a teva and so on and so forth. He already told us he's good. Another question. It says... The fact that this pasuk here, the first pasuk of our parasha, Parashat Noah, is connected to last week's parasha that mentioned all the offsprings of Noah and himself at the end of that parasha. Over there it says, Noah found favor in God's eyes. It seems from here, It seems that God is saying in Parashat Bereshit, the fact that I'm going to destroy the world with the Mabul, I'm saving Noah. Why? Because he found favor in my eyes. That's exactly what the Torah is saying. When Noah, God says in Parashat Bereshit, the world was going into, into the wrong paths, and he was deciding what to do with the world. But Noah found favor in his eyes. That's exactly what the Torah is saying. The Torah is telling us that the reason why Noah was saved was because he found favor in God's eyes. Now, this is difficult. If God really intended to also save Noah's children, the Pasuk should have said, The Pasuk really should have said, Noah and his children found favor in God's eyes. If that's what the Pasuk was doing from last week's parasha, to tell us that God was saying, I'm going to destroy the entire world, but not Noah. Hold on, you also saved his children. His entire family. So why not say, Noah and his children found favor in God's eyes. Why does it just say, It seems from here that only Noah deserved saving. But hold on. His children were also tzaddikim, no? They were also saved. Because in today's parsha it says, these are the children of Noach. And the Midrash says, 
כל מקום שנאמר אלה, I'm going to teach you a rule to always remember, whenever you see this in the Torah, it'll, it'll help you put some pieces together. The Midrash says, Bereshit Rabbah, כל מקום שנאמר אלה, any place in the Torah you see אלה, the word אלה, meaning these are, פסלת הראשונים, it is kind, uh, what it's doing is, how do I explain, פסלת הראשונים, it cancels the ones before it. Whenever the Torah says these are, it means that whatever was just said before, saying the, the, words, the word these, whatever was just said before, has no connection to what we're saying now. Whenever it says ve'ele, and these are, vav is a connecting word. Vav, and, is a connecting word. So whenever it says and these, it's connecting this, whatever is about to come, to what was before. Whatever was before and what's being said now are connected. That's what ve'ele is. But whenever it says ele, ele is cutting it off. What was said before has nothing to do with what we're saying now. So he says, the Midrash says, ele is cutting you off from what was being said before. So what is he saying? The Midrash says, so what was, what is the fact that today's parasha, Noach, it says, Ele toledot Noach. doesn't say ve'ele. Ele means it's cutting you off from what was before. So it says ele. So if it's saying ele, the Midrash says, what is it trying to separate Noach and his children from? Zedora Mabul. From the generation of the Mabul, which was talked about in Parashat Bereshit at the end. It is separating Noah and his children from the generation of the Mabul. They have nothing to do with each other. They're different people, they're a different breed, completely. The fact that it says, these are the children of Noah, without a vav, it is teaching us that the children, the offsprings of Noah, they were separate from the time, the generation of the Mabul. Because they did not merit continuation. They were all deleted, they were all erased, they were all destroyed. Whereas the children of Noah had continuity. So now, Zerah Shimshon is asking, so the children of Noah were also tzaddikim. Because according to the Midrash, when it says, Ele toledot Noah, Noah is tzaddik, these are the offsprings of Noah. And then it says, Shem Cham Yafet after that. It means, Ele, it is making a it's a stop, it's a, it's a divide between this parasha and last parasha, which was talking about the Dora Mabul, the generation of the Mabul, which means even Noah's children were much better than the Dora Mabul. They were also righteous. So we go back to our question. Why doesn't it say, It should really say, Noah and his children found favor in God's eyes. Because as we see from the Midrash, the fact that it says, it seems the children of Noah were better than the generation of the Mabul. They were good. Is that clear? I tried. Yeah. Ella means rather and Elu means those. Ella means rather. Ella means these. Elu means 
uh, Elu also kind of means these, but in, for different. Uh, um, um, different, yeah. Right. Okay. So it says Ella, rather, this one's it's literally here, Shkacha Pratis, Mamish, 100%. Wow, you just took me back. Ella, rather, it says, even this Midrash, the Yefet Toar, the Sefer Yefet Toar, asks on this Midrash as well, the Midrash that talks about the word Ele. And he asks, the Bishlama, if you say, Ele Toledot Shamaim Va'aretz, in Bereshit it says, Ele Toledot Shamaim Va'aretz. Bereshit chapter 2, Pasuk 4. Ele Toledot Shamaim Va'aretz. These are the so to speak, the generation of the heavens and the earth. It's talking about when God created the entire world. Right? The Shamaim Va'aris, the heavens and the earth. Over there it says Ele. What did we say about Ele? Any, it cancels anything before it. Was there anything before the heavens and the earth? Hmm. Right. So what is it trying to cancel here when it says Ele? Toledot shamayim v'aret. Oh ho ho. It says, Muvan, ma'ashirichtav ele, when it says ele without a vav, it is coming to teach us that before God created our world, Hayakadosh Baruchu bone olamot, God was creating other worlds and destroying them. Until it came to our world, and finally, at the end, God says, tov me'od. And he saw that this world was good, and it, and it deserved survival. If you really want to go into the depths of it, we're in the seventh cycle. There were six, six other worlds that were created and destroyed. We made it. We're the seventh. We're the Shabbos of the world's. Right? Shabbat. Shabbat. Sorry, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> We're the Shabbat of the world. So it says, Ad Shabbarai Ta'olam until God created this world. Shematzachen Be'enav. This world found favor in God's eyes. So Ele comes to separate and to cancel out what came before this world, those worlds that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created before and destroyed them from our world. Aval, however, Pesul Shel Dor HaMabul, Why do I need to even know this? Why do I need to know with the word Ele, that the other worlds didn't make it. Why do I need to know that there is a separation, sorry, there's a separation between the children of Noah and the time of the Mabul? Why do I need to know this? Why? It is known. We already know from last week's parasha how bad the generation of the Mabul was and what God decided. So why are you telling me Ele Toledot Noach? These are the children of Noach. You know why it says Ele? To separate the children of Noach and Noach and his family from the generation of the Mabul. I don't need you to 
hint to me with the word Ele. You literally told me at the last part, last week's parsha, parashat Bereshit, at the end, that that generation was bad. And Noach and his family, which we'll see, was better. So I don't need you to hint. You told me outright. So it says, This is how we can answer this. We find in the Zohar. The waters of the Mabul that destroyed the world were called Me Noach, the waters of Noach. Ever thought why it's called Noah's flood? You think to yourself, why is it called Noah's flood? Why isn't it called the flood of the beginning of the world? I don't know, called the Mabul flood. Why is it called Noah's flood? In every language, the story of Noah is brought down in every, you know, uh, nation. It's called Noah's flood. Did Noah bring the flood? If you huh? If you so he's going to bring that down. He that could, it's. He could have influenced the people during that time. Or he could have influenced. So he's going to say, the reason why he's called it's called Men Noah. It is kind of a negative towards Noah, so to speak. Hidden negative, not so abrupt, not so in your face, but it's there. Why? Because the sin was that he did not, he was not mitpalel al kol dorosh in He didn't pray for his entire generation for them to be saved. And because of that, I would have said, even though Noach was a great person. However, he was not loved by God. Why? Because he didn't pray for people. He did not find favor in God's eyes. Because he did not pray for everyone. And he was only saved. Why? Because you needed to save the world. You needed somebody. So it's at least, okay, he's better than everybody else. So let's just pick on him. Let's pick him to be the continuation of the world. Not because really God likes him, but because what are you going to do? Can't kill everybody. You got to keep somebody. Right? So why not keep, keep Noah? So, because to get rid of this idea from people's heads... Because of this, the Pasuk needed to say, No, Noach found favor in God's eyes. That because of its sitkuto, because of his righteousness, HaKadosh Baruch Hu really loved Noach. And because of that he saved him. Not because... There was nobody else, nobody else around. And therefore, Rashi, did you have a question, Yehuda? No, 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 I'll say it to later. Okay. Rashi says on the Pasuk, The Pasuk says, And Noach was 500 years old, Shakadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu had closed off Noah from having children. So that he couldn't have children until he was 500 years old. 
people in that generation were having children when they were in their hundreds. 100, 105. Noah had children at 500. That was very late. Even for that generation when people were living so long, 500 was late to start having children. So Chachamim say, Rashi brings down, that Noah, Noah actually started having children at 500. Why? Because God didn't want him to have children before that. Why? Why was this? So Rashi, I'll read the Rashi. He was 500 years old. Amar Rabbi Yudan. Rabbi Yudan says, Matam, why is it that all the other people were having already children at age 100? And for Noah, it was 500. Amar HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaKadosh Baruch Hu said, if all these non-righteous reshaim, these wicked people are going to die in this, in this mabul, I will hold, oh yeah, you hear the thunder now? I will hold off his offsprings until he is older. Until he is 500 years old. Why? So that Yafet, his older son, will not be a, a, an old enough boy to be punishable, to be deservant of punishment. Why? Because before the Torah was given, up until 100, you did not deserve punishment. You would not have retribution in this world. You would not be punished in this world for your sins. How long did people live? 700, 800, 900. Okay. So until 100, you were not punished. After the Torah was given, the punishable age became 20. And the maximum, um, not a maximum, I wouldn't say maximum, but like, as the Torah says, um, the, the, uh, Average age of humans would become max 120, which is what Moshe Rabbeinu lived, right? Afterwards, God took down the age of humankind because he saw that it's too long for us to be on the earth. We just, there's too much damage that could be caused. Don't give them too much time, just get busy, you know, whatnot. But at that time, they lived longer. So until 100, they wouldn't be punished. So it says, God held off Noah until he was 500. At 600, the Mabul started. So his older, oldest son just turned 100. As soon as he turned 100, they were already on the boat. What is he saying? Saying that God made it so that his children would not be of age to become punishable because of getting influenced by the world around them. Because Hashem didn't want to take Noah's children either. So he said, I'd rather him having children later, so that they're not old enough by the time I bring them abul, so they don't get engulfed with the rishut, with the, with the wickedness around them, and then I would have to take them also. So Noah's child, Yafet, was 100 years old, as soon as the mabul started, his oldest. And that's what Rashi brings down. So therefore, So therefore, as we're just saying right now, the children of Noah can't be called righteous and they can't be called wicked either. Right? They're not righteous because they're not over 100. They, have not, they haven't proven themselves. 
right? They're not above 100, so they can't be rishaim, they can't be wicked either, because they're not really responsible, punishment-wise, for their sins. Shared dinam kiktanim, because they are considered ketanim, they are considered children, when it comes to the rules and the laws of punishment. And because of this, and therefore, now we have our answer. Why didn't the Pasuk say, Noah and his children found favor in God's eyes? Because his children didn't find favor in God's eyes. They were neutral. They hadn't gotten to the age to even prove themselves to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Noah wasn't old enough to have proven himself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. His children, God didn't even give him a chance. Because it would have been a, too big of a risk. They were not really set for it. And the fact that they were saved from the Mabul was not because they were righteous, but it was just because they were not wicked. They were not righteous. They were not wicked either. And that's why they were saved. But there's more. Now we have to ask. I don't know if anybody's asking this question in their head. But be honest with me. When I say this question, be like, I thought of that. If you didn't think of that, be man enough to be like, I didn't think of that. Here we go. Everybody watching as well. <laughs> and we could ask, shame can, if so, that they were saved just because they hadn't reached 100 yet. And they were not the only people in the world. Hint, hint, right? There were also other people in the world at the time that hadn't reached 100. Why did they all have to die? Or in English, why did they all deserve to die? What? <laughs> right? So they weren't 100 either. So you're saying, if God saved the children of Noah because they hadn't reached an age to be considered wicked, they were benonim, they were in the middle, they were not sadikim, they were not righteous, they were not wicked either. So fine, I'm sure there were all these children that were still... Not a hundred yet, 70s, 80s, 90s, children. We're calling them children. Can you imagine this? They were young people for that generation. Why weren't they all saved? Everybody died. What? Because they got no boat. Can I, can I try? And if they did have boats, they didn't have Judah to build bigger boats and, and, and cover them, like cover them up from the. Right. But what was your question? Why what? Why they were still killed even though they weren't. Oh, okay, okay. I'm thinking because you said in the beginning that if someone is righteous, then their kids follow after them and they're also righteous and they carry their name. So I assume because that generation who was of age wasn't righteous, their kids wouldn't have turned out to be. I never said that. In the beginning, I do not know what did I ever say that? I didn't say that. I said that. I didn't say I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Gabby, hold on. I didn't say that, but please get out of my head. You did say that. I don't think I said it. The people on the recording. I said maybe I was not clear enough. What we were saying before was that a person's righteous deeds are their children. Meaning, okay. the deeds are considered your children. But you took it as the children go after the righteous deeds. Which is actually the answer. 
which this would be the this would make the second time. This is the craziest thing. This is the second time Gabby has the correct answer she just stumbled upon. It's the craziest thing. This is not luck. This is there's no such thing as luck. I call this what? Hashkacha pratis to the max, hundred percent. Good for you, Gabi. You have someone watching over you. Hazak baruch, hazakabrucha. Very nice. So we're gonna go into that. We're going to that. So, so why did all these other children? Why were these other children? Children. I keep saying children. Why were all, all these other people that were under the age of hundred destroyed? By the way, you could still call them children because at that time no one really aged physically. They all looked like 20-year-olds, forever. So all these movies you watch about Noah with a white beard walking with a cane, no, nobody walked with a cane, nothing. He was an upright, good-looking young man for all of his life, even when it was 800. Everyone looked the same until, the, until uh, Yitzchak Avinu. Mishum Chachi, because of this, the Pasuk comes and tells us, these are the offsprings of Noach to tell us the reason that Shem, Ham, and Yafet were saved is because they were the children of Noach and the zechut of their father was what watched over them and kept them kudos to you Gabi, you got it right like bullseye and this is why the Torah says Ele. These as the Midrash says, Ele comes to cancel out what comes before it. Why? Because it was to separate the children of Noah who were called Ketanim, youngsters, from the rest of the youngsters in the world. Why? Because the rest of the youngsters in the world did not have a father like Noah. When you have a father like Noah, he has enough zikhut to be magen on the children, even if the children are not necessarily in his way yet. That is a crucial point. It's incredible that when a person becomes a parent, you need to recognize that you're no longer living for yourself. Before you are a parent, you have to recognize that all the partying, all the stuff you do, Chas v'shalom could kind of come back and bite you. Because your offsprings later on, chas v'shalom could take after you. If you fix your ways, you mend your ways, and this goes for mother and father. You fix your ways, you mend your ways, then your children will follow suit. I have said this, and it's not only fathers, it's grandfathers, great-grandfathers. I have said this many times in many lectures, and I will probably be repeating this for the rest of my life, Bezrat Hashem. Right? My grandparents, the ones that I know of, that I, the ones that I met, even the ones that I haven't met that other people have met. So there's no wedding that I don't go to, or officiate weddings, or, or wherever it is that, that I meet people that know me, or know my family, me, eh, forget about it. They come up to me and they go, oh, you know your grandmother so much zakhut, your grandfather so much zakhut. So I go home thinking, every zakhut that I have, not because of me, because of them. It's all them. We carry their lineage. Everything we have is theirs. The fact that you guys are sitting in a shiur tonight 
is because of the zakhut that your parents had. Why is there no, there's so many other people out there not in shooting, not carrying on a life, like life is bliss. No Shabbat, no Kashrut, nothing, nothing. Zakhut of parents matter. Grandparents matter. These things always matter. Right? It carries on. So whenever we're living life, the choices we make, when we think we're making those choices for me, think again. You're not making choices for you. These things reverberate through history. Ten generations down the line, the choices you make now make a difference for Bezrat Hashem, your offsprings to come. And that's what the Zerah Shemshon is bringing out. It says the Ele is coming to tell us that you know why the children of Noah were different from the other generation of Mabul and why they were saved? Not because of themselves. Themselves, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sure they wouldn't be of punishable age. But if they're not of punishable age, there were a lot of other people that were not of punishable age. But yes, they didn't have Noah as a father. Having Noah as a father was their backbone. You know, to always know that you have some father, you have parents that have, you know, uh, it's amazing. We have, to, we have to recognize. We have to realize. And I've always told people, go ask your parents to sit down with you and give you your family tree as far back as they can go. Go sit down with your great-grandparents if they're still alive. Ask them about your family line. Ask them who your great-grandparents were. What were their names? What did they do? Where did they live? And you will, you will be amazed. You will be amazed at who these people were. We're a joke. The hardest decisions we have to make is, I'm on Pico, should I eat kosher? There's like 40 kosher restaurants. Decisions they had to make about kashrut, oh my gosh. Decisions they had to make about mu'adim, and, and oh my gosh. You know, Taharat HaMishpacha, family purity, the decisions they had to make about going to mikveh and making sure their families were pure, oh, oh my gosh. Today's mikvaot, our mikvaot are saunas. They're spas. You know what mikvaot were? What mikvah was those days for women? A well. Or a running spring, which in the winter times would freeze. Women would go and literally break ice. I said this somewhere else. I said two generations. He told me when he was a kid in his city in Iran, they would gather these kids to go to their local mikveh in the winter time. They would give them candy so that they'll go and break the ice of the mikveh so that ladies at night could use the mikveh. So he's like, you said two generations ago, Rabbi? It wasn't two generations ago. I, I, I did it. Do you know what masirut nefesh it takes for women to keep tarat hamishpacha in those stages, in, in, those, in, in, in a place like that? It's incredible. From that comes children that are, oh, Judaism is in their blood and, and, and it, that continuity comes from that, from those mothers that sacrificed so much to maintain their yahdu, to maintain their Judaism. So the Al-Sheikh HaKadosh, just as a side point, the Al-Sheikh HaKadosh brings down that in the time of Mabul, one of the, one of the Averot that was rampant in that generation was that um, it was immorality. 
between everyone. And the al-Sheikh says, immorality is one of the things that's like a virus. Even those that are not involved in it get hurt by it. And even those that were never involved in it could get punished because of it. So the al-Sheikh says, many people in the time of the Mabul that might have been quote-unquote innocent in some way, shape, or form were affected by all of the immorality that was going on. It's like a raging fire. It just goes. It has no mercy, it just burns everything in sight. So it says, However, it's still difficult. There is difficulty still. Okay, we can skip this part one second. Just want to do one more part. It's different parts. I just want to do one more part before we end. <clears throat> Ah, here. Umay, umay da'amar ele pasalat arishonim, that which we said, that ele, the word ele comes to cancel what came before it. Hainu she'ara banim, it comes to cancel the rest of the children, the rest of the youngsters that lived in that generation. Sha'afal pi sha'ayu ketanim va'ayu re'uim lanitatzel, even though they were younger, and they were, might have been deserving of being saved. However, they were holding the doings, the wrongdoings of their parents in their hands, so to speak. Their fathers showed them the wrong way. And because of this, they were destroyed. So we see from this that the ma'asa'avot the doings of the fathers are truly the main toladotam, their offsprings. Why? Because your ma'asim tovim, if you have good deeds, not only are those good deeds considered to be your children, but your children will survive and be better because of those good deeds, because they will follow those same good deeds. They will follow in the same paths. Their children will also do like the doings, like the, like the actions of their fathers. And because and because the children of Noah were not pure, righteous kids because they were still not at the age, because of that, it, sa- it does not say, and Noah and his children found favor in God's eyes. Because his children were not included in that. And there is also another answer. The fact that it says, These are the children of Noah. And even though already it said, as we said in Parashat Bereshit, Noah gave birth to Shem, Ham, and Nafet. In Sanhedrin, the Gemara says, 
שדורמבול לא הייתה כוונתם אלא למטעת כרמים. The generation of the Mabul, what were they doing when they were having children? Why were they having children? This is the Gemara here. The generation of the Mabul were only having children because it was an outcome of them being with their wives. They were just doing it to have a good time. They were constantly just having a good time. Not because they wanted to have children. They, they were not, their kavanah, their intention wasn't to have children. Their intention was to just have a good time. But Noach, however, Noach's main kavanah was to have children because that was the first mitzvah that mankind was given. To have more children into the world. That was the kavanah that Noach had. And to keep the world going. And because of that, in the generation of Mabul, it says, Vayoled. If you read Parashat Bereshit, everybody that's named, who had what child, who was what, whose child, who was whose child, so on and so forth, it says Vayoled. And he gave birth to. Vayoled, and he gave birth to this, Vayoled, Vayoled, until it comes to Noah. When it comes to Noah, it doesn't say Vayoled. It says, Ve'ele Toledot Noah. These are the offsprings of Noah. It's very different than Vayoled. He just gave birth. He had offsprings. Why the difference of terminology? It says, Noach wanted to have children that would be offsprings to continue to make the world a better place. So they remained for him. But the rest of the generation that was just having children, just because, were not standing on solid ground. And because of that, it was destruction for them. I think the most important aspect of tonight's shiur, of Parashat Noach, the lesson, the biggest lesson of this Zera Shimshon, for me at least, was the responsibility of parents. The responsibility that every parent holds. You know, I was discussing with someone the other day a, a, a concept that is fairly new, at least for me is fairly new. Which, is, which causes a lot of problems in a lot of marriages, unfortunately. This concept is the concept that couples, when they get married, they don't know when to step over the threshold between singlehood to being married. They don't know when to kind of cut off from when they were single to being married. How so? They get married, and they even have children. But they're still keeping up with their single life, so to speak. Once a week, I have to go out with my friends, and twice a week, I have to do this, and once a week, I go with my friends, and she goes with her friends out. Okay, in the beginning, it's all, okay, once in a while, yes. Once a week, I don't know. Might be a little too much. But even when we have children, once a week, once a week, set up with your kids. If you already have once a week, then twice a week be with your kids. When you, once you become a parent, you have, to kind of, you have to kind of settle with the idea that now I'm a different person. I'm a parent now. I have to enjoy life in this life. Not still clinging on to my old life as to, no, I can't let go. I still need to have those nights. 
Yeah, once in a while, of course. Let it out, go out with friends once in a while. But to have a regular thing of always having to go with friends and always leaving kids with, what happens then? You're never a parent. You never actually stepped over that threshold and said, I'm a grown-up now, I'm married now. And that causes a lot of problems. A lot of problems. Number one thing is that you haven't fully recognized the responsibility of what it means to be a parent. What are you first of all teaching your kids if you're regularly going out with friends when you're a parent? Alone. Not even with your wife. What are you teaching? That Yeah. What? Family is not that important. Number two is what we were just saying in the B'nai Mabul, the, the, the... the, the generation of Mabul, they were having kids not to have generations. Well, okay, unfortunately we had kids. Has for Shalom. Children are a burden. This psychological thing that some people have as like, oh my God, children are just bills, children are problems, that is not a Jewish idea. And sadly, when people don't get rid of this idea, even after having children, as beautiful as having children is and as wonderful as having children is, they can't get over the idea that like, it, it, they feel like it's tying them down. Do everything now because when you have kids, you're doomed. Like, you know, no. It's not like that at all. That's not a Jewish idea at all. When you get married, when you have children, that's when life starts. That's the beginning of life. That's how it has to be looked at. You have an You have an opportunity to build a world. You have a responsibility to maintain a world. Each person, each human being, each child is a world of its own. You have a huge responsibility. It's not like, okay, now we have children, okay, you know. No, I'm I'm sorry to say, people leaving their kids all day long with babysitters, I can't understand it. I really cannot understand it. You know, how, how do you expect your children to grow up Knowing that most of their lives they were, they were raised by a nanny or a babysitter. Children, yes, I understand. These days parents all have to go to work. But we should definitely maintain a, it's kind of like a middle ground where, you know, at least we are home when our kids come home from school. You know, to be with our kids. You know, spending time with kids is one of the most important things a kid's li- in, a, in a kid's life. Right? They can ask any child. You know, no matter how much, any grown-up today, you ask, no matter how many things parents bought for them, you ask them, what was the most important thing for you was spending time with my parents. Spending time is the most important thing. That's what shows them that they're important. And if there's any lesson taken from Parashat Noah, and it's one of the greatest lessons about what it means to have a generation, a continuity. It's not just to have children for the sake of having children. To have children with the responsibility of being a parent, a good parent. Showing our children the true righteous way of living as a human being and as a Jew.